grandkids. If you want to grow up fast, take one of these. <laughs> one puff and they'll soon be in my grasp. Not so fast, Nicotine. If you want to go up fast, take one of these. With my X-ray vision, I can see the harm cigarettes do inside people's bodies. That's why I never say yes to a cigarette. And now, our feature presentation. Execution. Well, I don't know what happened to Bill here. I'm just like, I can't even find him on my list now. What the hell? Oh, I didn't know if he was going to be on tonight. He, well, he, he was up in the air. He doesn't have a book to bring. Oh. Best. He's just going to sit and heckle. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's, I think I think he wants to get his revenge for your, uh, for your criticism of his con review. For con. <laughs> Are you still there, Scott? No, I hung up. Okay. As long as you're gone, that's fine. Back to the bin. All right, we all here? I think so. Wow. Everybody's, wow. We all nice. got video? <laughs> yeah, Scott's, Scott's just is, is very sedentary, and he looks like a cartoon <laughs> character. Well, no. What, what, what I meant was, can you see us, Scott? Yes. Oh. You know what's funny is is I'm more often uh it's the other way around. I can see you while you're doing your radio show. That's true. And you you're usually doing you know, you're usually busy doing the pee pee dance. <laughs> now do you actually sit down while we uh, podcast or are you standing up doing your oh, uh... no, no. no, I sit for the podcasting. The podcasting is much more relaxing. Absolutely, I would think. Plus you can go back and change things. I can't undo anything once it's happened. Yeah, mm. that's that's a big a big point. The, the big thing I notice, and and I enjoy when I get a chance to uh, to sit down and listen in a little. Mm. But like I told you when we were IM and yesterday, I'm waiting for the first topic that I know enough about to actually call in and uh, and and heckle you on the air a little bit. Ah, well, I got it. it was funny. I'll tell you. Uh, one day, a my cousin <sighs> called me from Tennessee. And he said, "Where's the hey? Where's the farthest anybody's ever called your show from today?" And I recognized his voice. He was trying to put on a voice. I recognized it. And I said, "Are you going to say Tennessee? Because about 15 minutes ago, somebody called me from Qatar, so you blew it." There's an old <laughs> college buddy of mine called from Qatar. The moon. Now, and how 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 are the callers from your show uh, vetted? Uh, they dial, and if they get through, uh, they get on the show. You just answer? You don't have a producer to kind of screen them for you? No, this is Brunswick, Georgia. We're market 298. No, we don't have a producer. So you, you self-produce? Yeah, well, I take the call, and then if they piss me off, I hang up on them. What happens if somebody gets obscene on the call? Uh, just I have just a keep screwing with the lights, Bill. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have a seven-second delay. So. <laughs> yeah, you look much better. <laughs> Makes me thinner. Yeah. You know, the camera hits 10 pounds. How many cameras are on me? <laughs> what was that? Was that Tootsie? No. I don't know. Tootsie, imagine... Tootsie was, was, could you pull back further? How about Ohio? Yeah. Imagine what the people next door are hearing in, in, in a hotel. This is one-sided conversation. Of course, they could think I'm on the phone. But yeah, who cares what they think? <laughs> Bastards. Yeah. This is Dr. Bill coming to you live from... What the f*** am I? <laughs> Lawrenceville, Georgia, I think. Lawrenceville? Lawrenceville? Oh, Lawrenceville. Okay. Now, yeah. how, how far is that from you, Scott? 
That's a long. You're close. About to as far away as well, I would be if I was in Florida. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking it up. Yeah, Lawrenceville's five hours away from here, so oh, Bill would actually be closer if he were at home. Last year, I went for Boston Spa, New York, which is right on the border of Saratoga, New York. So I, I said to Honeywell, you know, I'm going to be coming upstate. It's it's about it's about a good like three and a half four hour ride north from me. So I'm thinking, oh, how far could I be from Honeywell at that point in Rochester? So I said, you know, maybe while I'm up there, we'll get together, we'll have dinner or something. He's like, no, no, you're still about five hours from me. Whoa. New York is is, freaking huge. (laughs) It is called the Empire State for a reason. Yeah, but you know what? Those of us who grew up in the city think that that's it. Yeah. We're we're very we're very egocentric and we don't think beyond no. <laughs> beyond that beyond the city limits or you know then there's the suburbs we, we you know which is where I live and and you know that counts but basically you know you get more than say 20 miles past the city you really don't count for a hell of a lot anymore. <laughs> oh, I got to show you my shirt. I'll be right back. Uh-oh. As long as we don't see you without your shirt. <laughs> oh, it froze on his butt. Yeah, okay, I didn't there. need that, did I? Yeah. So he's in a hotel room, I guess. Is, is the hooker off screen? What is it? Oh, oh, rocket. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice the way you, you move it seductively in front of the, <laughs> in front of the camera. <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. What was that? Uh, I said, very nice. Yeah, it's a rocket raccoon. I, and I got it at Hot Topic. Hot yeah, Topic. We, we have those up here. Yeah. So, yeah, some big fat middle aged guy goes rolling in with his son. Hey, let's look for t shirts, Ben. You see this one? <laughs> you see this? Uh, huh? Oh, That's a very nice. Universal Studios looking shirt. No, bought it at. Uh, Five, five, what is it? Five and below. Five and dime. Well, five below or something like that. Everything's, five guys, burgers and everything fries. Is, everything, maximum price on everything. The guy behind the counter was Maximum money. price is five bucks on anything. Five bucks for the shirt. Uh, was it Costume Delmo working the register when you were up there? No, I, I, I did see that in the paper about the <laughs> Costume Elmo. What was it? Handcuff Me Elmo? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's like every week now up there with the characters. Yeah. Well, it's you like, know what? Uh, didn't My, Batman and Spider-Man get into a fight the other day? I, I heard something about that. <laughs> we went to the city around Christmas to go to Rockefeller Center and see the tree. Mm-hmm. And, and we got off the uh, the Long Island Railroad, and there's SpongeBob and Patrick standing there. So it's like, well, let's uh, take a picture with SpongeBob and Patrick. So we did, and then, you know, they, they look for a donation based yes. on the taking a picture. So we gave SpongeBob, you know, whatever, three, three bucks. We start walking away, and Patrick starts hassling me. He's like, no, no, <laughs> each of us get the money. It's like, no, 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 no. no. Uh, you know what? Go talk to SpongeBob. Hey, hey, get, no. get a buck and a half from him. <laughs> Ain't got the Christmas tree up already? For no, this was last color? year I'm talking about, last Christmas. Oh, last year. Huh. You know, a tree grows in Brooklyn, or at least it did. It was on my block. Uh, I was thinking of you tonight uh, at dinner because I was trying somebody to... Somebody was eating disgusting shit and <laughs> made me want to... No, <laughs> no because I, I kept sh- stuff in my face and I was, you know... You thinking of me all I could... you can eat? Well, no, I I was thinking of the dog, you know, with the, you know, laying on the table. <laughs> oh. A distinct case of overeating, Doctor. This time we didn't forget the gravy. Oh, Scott, you're going to be interested in this. Bill, Scott, and I, just by chance, may have beat out your Dinner for Geeks, Back to the Bins, Three Shitty Book. Uh, <laughs> no. 
We did what was yours? Beast Beast uh no Brute Force. Brute Force number one. That was the best one of the bunch. That sounds yeah. very nineties. Yes. Scott did a, a an an issue of Adventure Comics with like a flying horse and just this stupid surreal story. And I did an episode an episode. I keep saying an episode. An issue of F Troop. No, well, oh, it was. That, bad. that sounds like a Jackanetti find there. Yeah, it, it was. I, that's what I thought when I picked it. I thought it was going to be like the episode when you were on when he did Huckleberry Hound. Mm. It made Huckleberry Hound look like a, you know, like a great book. <laughs> so we we actually even got into a discussion about whether these were worse than the books you guys picked. Wow, that's uh, intentionally. Yeah, that's almost the gauntlet thrower it, there. It, I it, it was just by chance. <laughs> Just happen to pick the crappiest books ever. Wow. It's pissing off Gardner because he says he says every time you know he says we complain that he doesn't show up for the show and whenever he shows up for the show we pick shit books and whenever he's not there we pick good ones and he's not here and you've got a Steve Gerber Daredevil with Man Thing and Gil Kane cover and Gil Kane cover <laughs> boom 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 Skype 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 <laughs> this is why you have you here. You know, I you know I told you you know I've been listening to back episodes to try and figure out the books and all of that stuff. Uh, it's interesting when you when you hear the first episode we did together because that was that was literally the first time we met, and it, it's oh, kind yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting to hear how how our dynamic has changed so much since then. <laughs> what was the what what was the issue epi- uh, issue episode the issue number the, the episode number the episode number I'll tell, ah. I could check and tell you in a second. Let's see, two true freaks. Back to Vins. I don't know if I'm recording or not. I can't seem to pull up my window. Hey, mother. Oh, I, yeah, no problem. <laughs> oh God, I got, I have two windows of you. Now I have Paul in stereo. Oh, don't move so quick. You're making me nauseous. <laughs> I'm moving at all. <laughs> oh, I see. That's the call monitor window. Where the hell is the freaking? Ah, whatever. You first be appeared on. Uh, let's see. I'm past a hundred now. It was back. It was it was before a hundred. I want to say it was like in the 80s and then i wasn't on for a while and then you guys regularly had me on there we go episode nine episode 96 was your uh, first one. Oh, that's right then we did like 99.5 99 and a half episode 96 i'll have to go back and grab that and take a listen it's it's we were so much more respectful to each other it's kind of amusing <laughs> like the goofy gophers wait no yes sir no you go compared oh, to yes, the way we yes, are sir. now we were Shut like, up. you know it's like what the f- are you talking about <laughs> what uh what are you doing in lawrenceville is this a work thing or is this just uh yeah. he wanders the country looking for needy families <laughs> well now you said your son is with you no 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 oh. i did oh i thought you said you brought him i thought you said you brought your oh son. no no i i brought the shirt with me just to have something to have something cool to wear i oh, got it you for... said... yes ben was with me at hot topic but i got it before i came up here oh okay so, yeah well hot topic in tampa Hot topic. Yeah. Actually, Port Ritchie. Port St. Ritchie. Uh, okay. Port St. Port St. Ritchie, yeah. Actually, I'm like Dr. David Banner, you know. Dr. David Banner. Belted mm. up again. <laughs> See, I'm infectious. I got used to it. You know what, what's funny? Somebody played it. I don't even remember which show it is. The guy who actually wrote those songs, apparently you can find it on YouTube. He sat down at a piano and he sang each one of them like very, very seriously. <laughs> and he went through each one of them, including like "You Belong to the Merry Marvel Marching Society." Wow! I think I may have to get like I may have to get that on YouTube and get the MP3 and work it into an episode at some point. Is this thing even downloading? Is this thing on? My God! 
It's full of stars. Oh. Uh, you, you, you do expect to have uh, uh, dinosaurs on your little uh, dinosaur tour, don't you? <laughs> All right. Doc, what was it, Dr. Oh, what the hell was it? Malcolm. Malcolm. Oh, it's Ian so, Malcolm. So anyway, I'm up, I'm up here because uh, I'm attending a course, a class for work. Um, it's an advanced course for some of the fire alarm panels that I work on. So. Mm-hmm. It's, and it happens to be up, up here in Georgia in by Duluth or whatever I'm at. It's it's mandatory court ordered fire alarm class. Mm-hmm. You think the, the videos? Huh? You think the videos sucking down the file, load, loading it, it up? It's probably not helping your bandwidth at all. Mm-hmm. Turn off your video yeah. for a few minutes. Well, plus, I'm going through the hotels. Uh, yeah, I, I think wireless, you know, when, we, so... when we start recording seriously, oh. uh, in, in however many minutes we do that, I think we should probably both turn off our video just to get a clearer recording. Yeah. There you go. You yes. see the guy. In... Is that better? <laughs> I can see the guy in your class now pre- presenting something. What is that? This? It's technical. It's one of our little <laughs> toys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Venkman. We're going to do an email or no? Uh, you know what? I, I will leave that to our guest. What? If he, if, wow. I, he, you, you, of the three of us, you have to get up the earliest. Do you want to sit through some email or do you want to just push us to... To jump forward, uh, 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 we have how many do we have? My God, they're we got like they're five gone. or six. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but they're short. Whoops. Do you, do you guys don't read email in your show? <laughs> Did huh? I say that out loud. <laughs> Me? Yeah, we do some. I mean, we don't get a lot. Yeah. You know, it, but it's also hard to work it in with with uh, you know guys who cut you off every three words. So <laughs> it's you start reading the email and they start. I mean, Ryan just literally will just his head will just disappear from the table. <laughs> it was like he just he'll start playing with things and just start playing with his phone and it's like hey uh we're, he is we're the doing, toy, he is the toy geek well the funny thing the funny thing with ryan i've noticed it, if he is engaged we have a really good show and if he's not then it's harder to have a really good show because we have to do things to try and pull him in and he usually resists so he he is of the of the four of you he is clearly the one who has the least tolerance for subjects he doesn't have an interest in. Oh yeah, you you follow a close second, hmm. <laughs> but, but he's he's the guy. Yeah, so they keep saying. <laughs> well, well, the difference between the two of you in, in that regard is, if you talk about a subject he has no interest in, you wouldn't know he was on the show. <laughs> if if you, they talk about a subject you have no interest in, you basically shout them out, shout them down, and change the subject. I'll fight him on it. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Yeah. But, no, Ryan but, just disappears, yeah. But Ron and Jeff, they'll just kind of roll with it. Whatever the subject is, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. I know nothing about this, but let's discuss it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're, yeah, it's all character-based crap. There's no doubt. I mean, it's all... Which is well, really, you know, which is really what we're doing, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you and Bill do, especially. Good Lord. Yeah, certainly when yeah. we're not giving you wonderful insight into the comics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're just giving you two, two, two friends insulting each other. <laughs> No, that's uh, no, it's a must listen every week. I keep quoting you, by the way. <laughs> every time we're in a place and I see meatloaf on the menu, yeah. I, quote, I said, I said, you know, one of my friends says, "This is why you go out. Why would yeah. you go to a place and order it? <laughs> you go out to not have to eat that. <laughs> Who puts that on the menu? <laughs> we went, know, to, we went to a place. New York City. Uh, we went to a place on when we when I was upstate last week called Hattie's, which is apparently very famous. Was started by, uh, I, I believe, Hattie. 
well, yeah, Hattie. But I think I think Hattie may go back as far as like you know the early 1900s, mm-hmm. and she was from down south, and she came up here and, and opened up this restaurant, you know, like a fried chicken place. Was yeah. she on the run from the from the McCoys and had to change her name? He, she, she was Hattie Field. Field. Hattie Field. Yeah, Hattie Field and uh, uh, no, I was thinking and uh, Roy. I was thinking the fly, flying nun. But, uh, <laughs> Sally Field. God. But I had a, little, a nice a nice uh, bowl of jambalaya, and I was thinking about you, Southerners. Jambalaya. Jambalaya. Oh, that's in Saratoga Springs. Okay, I see it. Fried chicken. Well, why didn't you have the fried chicken, for God's sake? Because this is the second time I was there. Last time I was there, I had the fried chicken. I figured okay. give me, try give something me different. Fried chicken. Yeah, that's that's what they're famous for, the fried chicken. Yeah, I, I had the... Try something the, different, you know? The fried chicken. Did you hear the fried chicken story on my Star Wars story? I must have, but I don't recall okay. it. Why don't, you, why don't you refresh my memory? I'm only oh, halfway through, so maybe I haven't got to it yet. Ah, that was... When uh, Return of the Jedi was getting ready to come out, Starlog did an ep- an issue where they did a, a two-page, f- big poster-sized shot of the Star Destroyer and the uh, the shuttle and the tides, oh. all going towards the new Death Star. Mm-hmm. And you know, no, and nobody knew anything plot-wise except for you know Adoy and the planet of the carbon frozen prisoners. But uh, you mean Demolition Man? Yeah. <laughs> It could have been, I guess. But uh, so, you know, and I got that. I was so proud of it. We went on a field trip and I took it on the field trip to show to everybody because I was just blown away that I had this giant, you know, article on Return of the Jedi with a two page poster. And uh, we got off the bus. We went to the field trip and they brought lunch with us. And uh, some of the girls decided to eat lunch on the bus where the rest of us were eating outside. And I went in the bus, and they were sitting there going through my stuff and reading my magazine while they ate lunch. And lunch was fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. Please put your fried chicken fingers on my magazine. Oh my God! They destroyed the magazine. Oh. I was so pissed off, and I still have it, fingerprints and all. Because, because usually you seem like such a tolerant man. <laughs> he pulled a Charlton Heston on. Damn you! Damn you all the hell! You ruined it. Yes. God. You left it up. No, first you, you maniacs. Yeah, you maniacs. Exactly. That was awful. But, uh, all right. All right. Why don't we bring this in? And if we're going to, you know, actually, there's only four pieces okay. of email, and most of them are pretty short. So we can probably bang them right out. Okay. And then okay. uh, and then we'll get to our books. Could you guys okay. do me a favor sometime this evening, if you would? Um, no. Please, please find the video of Darth Vader doing whatever that ghetto dancing is at Star Wars Weekends and tag me in it. Why? I thought you didn't like that. Now I'm getting it though, like five times a week. <laughs> it's like somebody, everybody feels the need when they see it to go, "Oh, Scott will love this." And so I wake up every morning, and somebody has tagged me in the f- thing. So this would be sarcasm. Yes. And ah. the other one is hmm. Kiss working at Walmart. If you guys could please tag me in the five-year-old video of Kiss working at Walmart, I would greatly appreciate it. Because hmm. <laughs> nobody's doing that for me. Hey, no problem. <laughs> well, you know, now, you, now you're going to start getting tagged with uh, all the sports things now that you identified yourself as the other two true freaks guy who likes sports. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm waiting for I, that. I, I was actually amused by that because it was, it was like, all right, yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll grant it Paul likes sports, but what about me? <laughs> well, yeah, it was just like, well, it just was one of those, yeah, I sure, like nobody, nobody likes sports except Paul. <laughs> I get some type of stigma. That? Why would we I like not sports. like sports? I used to play fantasy football, although I don't play anymore. But 
and then I oh, then yeah. I stopped playing. I stopped playing fantasy football, and I had absolutely no interest in football anymore. I stopped playing fantasy football to save my knees. To save your knees. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. You were making some pretty good trades, I, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little lost. I'm just thinking. I'm like, I don't know. Like just the way you were saying, nah, I used to play fantasy football. It almost sounded like yeah, but I had to give it up. <laughs> that would sound better. If like, yeah, I used to play fantasy football until I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, now that would have fit much better. Too many concussions. Well, I did manage to win week two of my uh, fantasy football matchup, so I am now one and one. Uh, I'm <sighs> 0-2. Uh, I'm nothing to nothing because I ain't playing. See, we, we should do a Two True Freaks fantasy football league. <laughs> yeah, we could win I, that one. <laughs> I, would do, I would do a Two True Freaks fantasy football and or fantasy baseball. No, no, no. Well, it. yeah, no, no. We should combine the football and the baseball season into, and that'll be the league. Like you could have the fantasy <laughs> faceball, or we should, we should, we have to come up with some sort of fantasy thing where they, which, where it's comic book characters to get like Scott involved, and I mean obviously the other Scott, because he he wouldn't do it if it's you know like a real sport. No. All right, let's you know we're gonna keep doing this, and you're gonna be on the air until you're gonna be on Skype until you're ready to get up in the morning. So yeah, probably get. Get 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 into the uh, body of this episode. Okay. So, <clears throat> la, 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 la. hello everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I am Paul Spitaro, and I am, as always, joined by my good buddy, the Stan Laurel to my Oliver Hardy, Doctor William Robinson. La 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 la. <laughs> you sound like uh, what's his name uh, from from uh, and Hey, light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, killer, watch. I don't know. I can't remember what the uh, uh, yeah the opera guy. Yeah, that oh, movie, that movie that movie commentary is way behind us now. We can't remember anything yeah. from it anymore. I know it's it's all gone. Maybe soon, soon, soon in the future, maybe we'll get together and do Commando, but not for a while. So one day, we are joined today by Scott, as always. Well, no, not as always. No, not always. But Scott, our new semi-regular co-host, <laughs> <laughs> just to steal a term from Michael Bailey. Yeah, Mr. Rifen, how are you, my yes. friend? Yes. Do I have to law? The Rifenator. You, you have lawed. I have lawed. Okay. okay. So now, now once you've lawed, laws become optional. Oh, but good. I don't think okay. you've fa la 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 lawed. La 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 la. No, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> mm. I never fa la 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 la. Invite me back in December, and I'll fa la la la. It's a date. <laughs> Mark your calendar, kids. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yes. So, how are you guys doing? Yeah, pretty good. I'm I'm on the road for uh, work, work slash school. You know, I once swore I would never sing on this show, and you have infected me <laughs> it's a with, sickness, with, with, with this bad singing sickness because I have no voice whatsoever. I cannot carry a tune, and yet you have me singing all the time on this show, and 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 and, and I'm gonna hate you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this to me? I just hate you, and I hate your ass face. <laughs> he does have an ass face. So I had, had to throw in a little best in show there. No, not best in show. What's the other? Waiting for Guffman. Oh, sorry. I, those those are all. I just I is are, is there anything in those shows that's scripted or is that all off the cuff? No, it's all it's all improv. I mean, you know, the, there's an outline. Yeah, but that's about it. Kind of like this show, actually. We have no outline. Only my synopsis. <laughs> we sort of have an synopsis, outline. Synopsis. synopsis. Yeah, the stuff I write. The synopsis. Wait, wait, you write these? Sometimes. Yeah, you know what? Oh. Uh, Scott I'd like Bill? to see the copy of Scus Con. Con. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, where I left off was. 
That was actually one of our panels at uh, Conjure. You'll get to hear that later as Bill finishes. Yes, Con- yes, I heard that. Yeah, my <laughs> seventeen part. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe when that one gets posted, it should be K A H N J. One man show. Yes. I Held just, over seventeen straight show, nights. One man audience. Show still going. So we got we got uh, letters in the email box, Bill. Letters, plural. Four of them. Uh, let's see. Why don't you read the first one? Because uh, that way I'll end up with the last one. Okay. The the first one is Bin's Bronze Age team ups from Kyle Benning. I was listening to this episode at work and burst out laughing at Bill's totally random taco cat comment. <laughs> Uh, actually, I don't think it was as random as it sounded in the episode. I think editing made it sound more random than it really was. Uh, That was the whole episode where I was trying to break Scott, and I finally did. (laughs) It was when Scott and I were the parents having the fight, and you were in the background crying. (laughs) I was just singing and spouting out things, blah, blah, blah. Shut up! Well, I'm just glad people were bursting out laughing at all. Uh, with regards to smelly books, I got a huge lot off of eBay of a bunch of Superman comics from the early 1970s that reeked of smoke, and I heard that coffee grounds in a coffee filter helped remove the smell. So I put the comics in a big Tupperware container with some Folgers coffee grounds in coffee filters, and that helped with the smell. It didn't completely remove the smoke smell, but it made the stories readable and drastically decreased the intensity of the smoke smell. I'm Wait, curious. It made the stories readable? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure <laughs> how it affected the writing. I, put it in coffee. Well, I hated that Bob Haney to like cover them with some folgers. <laughs> and then when I read these, I'm up all night. I don't understand. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I keep having to pee. <laughs> I'm curious to hear how the dryer sheets work out. Works out. Great book selections. I love the team up books from the Bronze Age. So much great stuff from this era. Just all out fun with some great art. Sure, Bob Haney stories are zany, which that's on uh, the Fire and Water podcast. They do a zany Haney focus every once in a while. But they are all out action packed fun. I like fun comics. And you can't beat Jim Aparo art from this era. Glad to hear the pseudo ban on Brave and Bold and Marvel team up has been lifted. Even if Paul and Bill were unaware it existed. <laughs> Scott, you're not crazy. You guys did cover a ton of Brave and the Bold book, Brave and the Bold issues earlier on in BTTB. Yes, he I is. Wa- He's crazy. I want to say you guys covered around somewhere around five to seven issues of B&B in the first 80 episodes or so. Thanks for some great audio listening, Kyle Benning. Well, all I Kyle, can say, nice hearing from you. Too bad we'll never read any more of your emails. No, all I can say I'm is if it's just before kidding. if it's before Bill and I were on, never happened. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Kyle. On to Thank the you. next one. Stinky MTU and Zany Haney from this is from Chris Franklin. Hey gents, Scott and his stinky Marvel team up number one. I used the dryer sheet trick on a vintage Mego Mr. Fantastic figure I bought off of eBay. When Reed arrived in the mail, he smelled like he stretched himself out on a bar floor and laid there for 30 years. <laughs> having, found the, having found the fabric softener solution online, I removed his uniform whoa, Ew. Uh, and, <laughs> and washed the figure with soap and water. It puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. And then placed it and his clothes in separate baggies 
Man, you are Hannibal Lecter. With the, <laughs> the dryer sheets, it didn't take long for the figure to lose the smell. But I had to refresh the sheets and I had to refresh the sheets in the costume bag several times before Sue would let Reed back in the Baxter building again. Hope this works for your comic. Uh, that Brave and the Bold Joker tale made it into the greatest Joker stories ever told. Believe it or not, I think you guys are right. It uh, right. It's mostly for the Aparo art and also the novelty of Batman working with his greatest foe. In defense of Haney, somewhat, Batman wasn't inf- infallible in those days, but old Bob did take it to the extreme sometimes. Yeah, he was a buffoon in that, in that issue. Batman's frothing rant at the beginning of the story is a prime example of Haney writing alternate universe versions of the characters. Batman never got this upset over the Joker killing Jason Todd and Sarah Gordon or crippling Batgirl, etc., etc., I think Bob Haney may may be the anti-Roy Thomas. <laughs> Total disregard for continuity and previous character development, whereas Roy rolls rolls it in. Rolls in it, sorry. That said, I enjoy, I am good at, I enjoy a good zany Haney tale. The man packed more story in a seventeen in seventeen pages than a modern omnibus. Yeah. Fun show, but then again, they always are. You guys have a very nice, casual, laid back style that I like. It it really does seem like the three of you or two, if Scott is out, or if we have a, an alternate Scott, are sitting in a room together, digging through long boxes, shooting the breeze, and making Arnold noises. I like that. Take care. Chris Franklin, Supermates Podcast. And for what it's worth, when we have been in the same room together, all we do is make Arnold noises. <laughs> same car together, eating dinner, <laughs> standing in line at Disney. Well, we did have fun when we were in the same car when uh, we stopped at 7-Eleven, and you were... Uh... Indisposed for a few minutes, and we got in the car and drove it away. <laughs> and I walked Good out. Good times. <laughs> Where the hell's the car? It's like sons of bitches. I know they're somewhere. Uh, good stuff. All right. Good times. Good <laughs> thank time. you, Chris, for the email, and thank you for the compliments. I really appreciate it. Uh, next one is called Two Captains and a Brit Feedback from Kyle Benning again. Some interesting selections for the books this time out. Definitely covers the most modern era books that I can recall in an episode. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think we ever had three more modern books at one time. Mm -hmm. Ultimates number one. You guys all hit the nail on the head. I recently revisited this series and subsequent animated movie. The animated movie is much better in my opinion. This might be the worst case of decompressed storytelling I can think of especially for a first issue. This first issue essentially corresponds to the first four minutes of the movie adaptation, which is the pre-credit scene. Not exactly the way to kick off a bold new number one for a new series. The animated movie has some great special features that focus more on the Perez and Busiak run than the Miller and Hitch story that they're adapting. It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. Yeah, I, I have a copy of that, and uh, I mm-hmm. agree with you totally. I, I think it's it's held up much better story-wise than the uh, comics have. Great to have J. David Weeder on the show. We like him much better than that Scott Rifen. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. Hey, I, wait a minute. <laughs> I share his love for this Captain Marvel series. Ordway absolutely nails the perfect characterization of the whole Marvel family in this series, and those covers are just so gorgeous. It's too bad that he couldn't also do the interiors as well. That said, I that said like J J that said like J D W. I still like the Kraus art. After growing up with it and always seeing it that way, it's hard to imagine it looking any other way. 
frumpiness and all. I don't believe the series has ever been collected, making it one of many great 90s DC series that have never been properly collected. Superboy, Young Justice, and Robin are other examples. I've never read Bill's book, (laughs) Join the Club, (laughs) but I'm familiar with the character via the recent Guardians of the Globe and Invincible Universe by Phil Hester and Todd Nowick. Nowick? Nowick? I enjoyed the 18 issues between these two series quite a bit. I recommend checking them out if you haven't already, Dr. Bill. No, haven't checked them out yet. Another great episode, fellas. I hope to hear JDW on again whenever Scott can't make it. The three of you make a great podcasting trio. Kyle Benning. Well, thanks again, Kyle. Uh, we enjoy having Dave on, so you, you know, I'm sure you'll JDW hear him again. Makes him sound like, uh, like the sheriff from the James Bond uh, live and let die. JDW. JDW. Where well, my, my, my brother-in-law be coming any time now. Yeah, that boy got the faster boat on the bayou. <laughs> oh, he was so annoying. That that uh, absolutely did not belong in a James Bond movie. But JDW does belong on this show when we have him on, and we will be having him on again in the future. I guarantee it. And in honor of uh, my randomness, I believe at one time that that movie held the record for the longest uh, boat jump, didn't it? Live with and the, let die. Yeah, for the at uh, with the boat jump over the road. Hmm. I, I know the scene you're talking about. I do not know what. Yeah. I do not know the movie boat jump record though. <laughs> well, I don't think it was movie boat jump, but like like overland boat jump or something. Yeah. But of course, I don't remember when I picked up that factoid. But yeah, who knows? And moving on. <laughs> and our last email for tonight is holding my um, hand. The last email. Yes. Oh wait, wait. Oh, all I have is a sock. Didn't I just do? Th- I just made the paper noise. Yeah, but I, but I'm reading it. Wait, I got a can and a sock. That just doesn't. Yeah, that work. sounds like a piece of paper. Go ahead. Wait. <laughs> that sounds like I, I'm in a hotel. That sounds like you're doing something. A... You're smoking yeah. a jacket and, and an assortment of oils. <laughs> oh no, well, that would be this. <laughs> Oh he is God. in a hotel room right now. I know. And we can't really see the bed. Wait, <laughs> Nor do we want on. to. No. <laughs> I do not want to see the bed. And even more so, I do not want to see the bed with a black light. It's like a Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> oh, it's a velvet painting, I promise you. <laughs> Go ahead, read the last email. Because this, this one's going to take a while. This one's kind of long. <laughs> now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was assured there would be no long emails on this episode. I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> no, no. And our last one is from uh, our friend Mitchell Drury, or as we like, or as he calls himself, Dewey the Mailman. And it's hey. uh, entitled, what? I said Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> it's entitled Dr. Bill. Uh, so I just heard from the last podcast that Dr. Bill did something with fire alarms. So does this make him really Fire Marshal Bill? <laughs> Personally, this fits a little better. Thanks, Dewey the Mailman. Eh, let me tell you something. It's Bill the arsonist. Well, yeah, I'm not an arsonist, at least anymore. I did I did dabble with fire when I was a kid, but I got out of that. When I, I, got had out a, of- I had a college professor who I went to a meeting in his office to to talk over a paper of mine, and somehow... He got into telling me this whole story about how he once torched a friend's restaurant for the insurance money. Whoa. Okay. 
I'll be right back. I'm just, I'm just going to be calling the FBI in a moment. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You just stay here. Just, you know, we were young and we needed the money and so we torched it. What? What? Whoa. Okay, my story is not quite that crazy. Mine was just... Uh, <laughs> my friend came over because his dad raced sprint, uh, raced, uh, sprint cars and he brought over a cup of, uh, of uh, racing fuel. So we decided to set a model car on fire. Uh, you know, because that's what you do when you're a kid. You burn cars down little model cars so um we poured the fuel on there childhood we pour the fuel on the car it's on a little concrete thing in my backyard and you know we light it on fire and uh you know we decide you know this leads to a little more fuel so taking cup which is its styrofoam cup you you see where this is going styrofoam cup and we he kind of pours the fuel onto the fire well hey guess what kids fire travels up fuel into the cup so, oh my God, the cup's on fire. So we set the cup down and, uh, you know, styrofoam melts when it's heated. So the cup melts and all the fuel goes out into the yard. So me being the brainchild that I am, Fire Marshal Bill, young Fire Marshal Bill runs against the hose. Well, I hadn't quite learned the lesson that gas floats on water. <clears throat> so I proceed to try to put the fire out, which now has spread to my entire yard and it's got the backyard on fire. So I have to run inside, and we had to get a bunch of towels and beat out the fire with the towels before the entire yard caught on fire and burned down the neighborhood. And then we had to dispose of the burnt towels. So, you know, my mom, you know, comes home. What happened to all the towels? I don't know. What? What? Why is the yard so brown? I don't know. Why are the pieces, uh, burnt pieces from my towels all over? Yeah. <laughs> you got me. I just noticed that, uh, too. Ah, uh, youth. Yes, Ladies and was... gentlemen, that has been Real Life with Dr. Bill Robinson. Well, that was Real Life with Fire Marshal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's it for emails and my fire career. Because when this gets out, they're going to fire me. <laughs> All right. So. Next time. Next time on an all-new email <laughs> reading episode. In 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived. And nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. This is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars Story. Monthly at MyStarWarsStory.com And we're back. Unless you guys need to take a break or anything. Actually. I'm a little gassy, but I'll just mute myself. <laughs> Please. <laughs> luckily, luckily, we don't have the smell uh, Skype. <laughs> And uh, if I leave, I'm not coming back. So. All right, so why don't we jump into our books now. Bill, why don't you do yours first? <laughs> um, I'm on the road. Okay, so you know that yes. Brave – so we, we, we were just talking about the Brave and the Bold Marvel team-up one. What book did you do that show? Uh, I did the Marvel Bold book. What? <laughs> I did the Brave and the team-up? <laughs> I You know – I, I'd like I to. Don't hear, know, I, I'd you, like to hear from you. You you edited out my entire book, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. 
<laughs> I took your entire book and I edited you, you know, out. You, you just edit whole sections of me out sometimes, and you know I really get tired of it. And I do make you sound like an idiot. Yeah, it's the stuff that makes it make sense. It's, I tell you, the one thing... It's I not do, my fault that that synopsis was three hours long. <laughs> I, I, I do really enjoy uh, working with LMD, Bill. I have to say that. <laughs> Especially now that we're finding out uh, if, if you've been reading uh, Original Sin, apparently uh, people we thought were real for a long time turned out to be LMDs. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Much like Dr. Bill. Yeah, well, we don't want to say who in case anybody uh, wants to still read it. But get to it quick because so, I may spoil it. Is, hmm? Isn't that the same thing they did in Secret Invasion? Didn't they already do this story? Well, they were scrolls. Yeah. Ah, you're they, a scroll. They, ah, your life model decoy. Well, it was really only what? Two people? I guess. It? From that were life model decoys? Or did I? I don't, I don't know. know. I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't read it. I wait until it shows up on Marvel Unlimited. Well, so. there was a lot of life model decoys of one person. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It becomes the new watcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so do, do they explain Fat Watcher, Skinny Watcher? No, there's there's really no. Because the Watcher gets like shot, right? Is that not what happens? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Gets shot and, and always always get plucked out his out. eyes. Uh, he, ain't be, he ain't watching no more. He ain't pretty no more. Yeah. You know the movie reference? No. Oh. Raging Bull. I haven't seen Raging Bull. You've never seen Raging Bull? No, I'm from the South. We don't well, care it's, about it's people. it's you know. It, <laughs> Bunch of New Yorkers. It, it it only came out in 1980, so you may not have gotten to it yet. No, well, well, for one thing, I was watching, I was busy watching Empire Strikes Back every chance I could that year, and secondly, I was nine. Yeah, but there's been <laughs> the last time I checked, there's been 34 years since then. I'm the thinking a chance, rem- a chance might have presented itself at some point. Uh, the only thing I. Eh. The only thing I remember about Raging Bull from back then was uh, sneaking into my dad's Playboy magazines and oh, to see like, Vicky Lamada. Yeah, yeah, she was she about was like, fifty then, and she was still kind yeah, of... she was smoking. Hmm. Well, it's hard to imagine anybody fifty being hot, but of course now yeah. that well, 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 look at you, Paul. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in Playboy anytime now. <laughs> well, didn't didn't Joan Collins do it about that age? Yes, she did, but that was see? a few years later. That was when she was on uh, Dynasty. Yeah. But uh, Raging Bull, I, I always found it to be ironic that it did not win Best Picture. Instead, Ordinary People, which I consider to be a uh, boring-as-hell movie, won in 1980. Then in 1989, when the critics had to pick the best movie of the entire decade, they picked yes. Raging Bull. Yep. So I would say I would recommend it if you ever get a chance to watch it. But there's one point where he fights this undefeated guy who's like the pretty boy, and he beats the living shit out of the guy. And then you know the gangster looks at him and says, ain't so pretty no more. <laughs> walks away. Oh, this just in. Aubrey Plaza has been chosen as the voice of Grumpy Cat on the Lifetime movie this Christmas, in case anybody was like really wondering. I, I was waiting for that announcement. Oh, well, hey, I, you heard it here. Three weeks late. <laughs> back to the bids. <laughs> now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, so <laughs> might as well get into our books. So which one do you have, Bill? Uh, well, I decided to bring, hey, 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 uh, I know you're just going to edit me, so I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> okay. Well, I brought Daredevil number 114 from October of 1974. Good for you. Good for you. Because you know what I do? On a show where we review books, I bring a book. <laughs> but see, now, if I brought a book, Scott Rifen wouldn't want to be here because the show would take too long. 
Yeah, that's right. I thought, you know, one of the conditions earlier today was there's no Dr. Bill, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden I get in here. Oh, you know, I'm on the phone with Dr. Bill. And so, what, what, what happened there? See, I, I was thinking of our guest. I apologize for, for bringing Dr. Bill with me. Yeah. I bow my head in shame. Oh, this one has a Death Stalker in it. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I, I might as well Death talk Star. about it now, and then then you can actually Sorry. geek out to Death Stalker once I do my synopsis. So this was, again, October 1974, a 25-cent cover price. The cover is drawn by the great Gil Kane and inked by Dan Adkins, which shows Daredevil in a swamp carrying some unconscious dude. As the man thing is coming up from behind him and reaching for him, the story is written by Steve Gerber, penciled by Bob Brown. I love that purple goatee he's got on that page. Yeah, right. Uh, the uh, inking is by the incomparable Vinnie Coletta, colored by Stan Goldberg, lettered by Charlotte Jeter, Jeter, credited by uh, excuse me, edited by Roy Thomas. And yeah, I guess you wouldn't get get that uh, reference because. Although I'm not a Yankee fan, that's always uh, the when Derek Jeter gets up, they always have the uh, announcer of Derek Jeter. Jeter. Ah. But for what it's worth, story well, is called. Were, I thought you were a Mets guy anyway. I am a Mets guy. I hate the Yankees, okay. and I think Derek Jeter is way overrated. Send your complaint mail to me. I don't care. I think he's overrated. <laughs> yeah, that's you, Jose Rivera. I'm talking to you. Ooh, calling somebody yeah. out. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> you win a war? <laughs> story is called A Quiet Night in the Swamp. The story picks up, it's continued from the last episode, it picks up in the Florida Everglades where the gladiator is about to deliver a death blow to Daredevil. When out of the swamp comes the man-thing who grabs his arm, gladiator starts to panic like a little bitch, which of course causes fear, and as we all know, whosoever knows fear burns at the man-thing's touch. This scene is being watched by the Deathstalker, a who a ten gallon fedora wearing cape wearing enigmatic villain who Bill is going to geek out over later. As this is going on, Daredevil revives, and the Gladiator tries to use his whirling blades on the Man Thing, to no avail since he's essentially made out of mud. And then again, he starts crying like a little bitch to the Deathstalker to protect to help him. Man Thing then turns his attention to the Deathstalker, who applies his death touch to the Man Thing, dropping him immediately. Daredevil tries to attack the Deathstalker, but is unable to make contact, as he is seemingly un- insubstantial and cold. Daredevil is also hobbled by a gash on his leg from an earlier battle with the Gladiator. For reasons that I'm not really certain, the Deathstalker... Oh, what the, the hell? Oh, yeah. Okay. For reasons that I'm not really certain, the Deathstalker leaves, babbling that Daredevil will die, whether by infection or by his touch or any other swamp menace. After a little, after a little, uh, damn, my own handwriting is bad. After a little cat and mouse, the Deathstalker applies the Vulcan neck pinch, incap- incapacitating but not killing Daredevil. Did we lose both of you guys? No. Now Bill is gone. Oh, see. He's he's on. Well, hopefully we're still recording and I'll keep going. That's that Motel Six connection. Yeah, he'll he'll be back, back on his hands and knees, begging us to let him on. <laughs> And so the Deathstalker applies the Vulcan neck pinch, incapacitating but not yet killing Daredevil. He then picks up DD and reminds Gladiator that he is the Deathstalker's bitch once again. And so they bring Daredevil, another man who had been involved in the prior issue. Uh, They bring both of them to a cabin 
In the cabin, they tie up the two of them along with Foggy Nelson's younger sister, Candace, who had been investigating the research that had turned Ted Salas into the Man-Thing, although they're really not, they don't really realize that Salas is the Man-Thing. Next, we have a little interlude where Foggy is hanging out with a smoking jacket and takes a call from a lovesick Black Widow who seems totally out of character. And there's some oils off screen. (laughs) Much like Dr. Bill, she's (laughs) hanging out in in our hotel room. Or he's hanging out in his hotel room. But he is literally wearing a smoking jacket in these pictures. Uh, Back to the swamp, the Deathstalker takes Candace Nelson and directs the gladiator to kill the other two. Rather than just slashing their throats with it, because he happens to have spinning razor-sharp blades on his wrists, he decides to set the cabin on fire instead. Of course, Daredevil wakes up, frees himself and the other dude, and they escape the death trap. As they leave, Daredevil sees the Gladiator didn't get too far and is being carried off by the Man-Thing. The Man-Thing then drops Gladiator at Daredevil's feet and slogs back into the swamp. Squish, Uh, squish, squish. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Several hours later, Daredevil is in his civilian identity of Matt Murdock and hanging out with the other dude who was there before. But since the other guy was out unconscious the whole time, he doesn't realize that anything went down and is just very confused by everything that's happening. Matt gets a call from Foggy Nelson, who speaks in a super secret code to let Matt know that something is wrong. We then pull back to see that Foggy is tied up, smoking jacket and all. Candace is tied up as well on his couch, and the Deathstalker is kind of salivating and hovering over the two of them with some sort of threat of killing anybody with knowledge about the Salas papers. Next issue, the conclusion. And that's where we end our story. This this is very early in my comic reading career. I I had read this one when it was new off the newsstand. And... uh, I think it's a pretty cool issue. I mean, it gets a little crazy sometimes. At this point, you know, other than the ten-gallon fedora, I, th- I thought the Deathstalker was a pretty cool villain when they introduced him, and you, you really didn't know exactly what was going on with him. Uh, when they eventually gave him an origin, it was a little disappointing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he he became a little bit more pedestrian. But at this point, he seemed virtually undefeatable, and you know, I, I really liked it at the time. Uh, I also, the Man-Thing at this point was still a fairly new character in the Marvel Universe. They didn't really have a lot of background on him. Steve Gerber, who wrote this issue, wrote a lot of issues of Man-Thing. So uh, it seems like a natural uh, thing that he'd bring him into the other series that he was writing. Yep. And uh, the the biggest complaint I have with this issue is the Gladiator. He's, he's written as a very, very weak character. He's kind of drawn as a weak character. There's a couple of shots of him where he looks small. He should be, you know, a, a huge guy who's kind of towering over everybody. Well, you know, he's got he's got these saw blades on his arm, and yet he spends his time trying to burn Daredevil down. And you know, I mean, have some guts, man. Hack at him. Really, Use the blades. He tells you to kill them. Your intention is to kill them. In fact, he 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 was like sad. He's you know, oh, I wish I had killed you in combat instead of killing you this way. Just slit his throat. Yeah. The hell? What do you got? The blades. No, let me let me light the place on fire, and I'll, you know, it's it's like right right out of uh, Austin Powers. I'll light yes. it on fire. I'll trust that they were all killed. Yes, <laughs> and then I'll run into time. the man thing and get defeated in two seconds. <laughs> hey, uh, could you guys hear me back yes. now? Okay, hey, now. Yeah, yeah, I I sorry, I cut out in the middle of your synopsis because uh, at ten fourteen was when I had re I had re the internet yesterday. I got to do it a day by day basis. <laughs> 
in the hotel that Kirk cut out. I had to log back in and bring everything back up. So, but I did catch the last, uh, the end of the story. So I remember losing internet too. <laughs> ah, a little uh, bad finger. Day after day. <laughs> See, I can make anybody sing on this show. <laughs> uh, but you, when 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 you sing music. From the 1970s, once again, much like the comic books, you're singing music of my era. That's why, why I know you're not a huge fan of it, but uh, I was. Me, I like. No, 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 not you, not you. Oh. I'm. Just, that was this. Really? I was actually directed to Scott. Oh. I know you're not a huge fan of it, but I was a big fan of them using all that music in Guardians. Yeah, yeah, I was not a fan of that. I'm the only one on the planet apparently that wasn't a fan of it, but I was not a fan of it. But that's most of that is my, you know, is music that I love. So. I got a big kick out of a lot of it. So where did Foggy Nelson get my smoking jacket? It, and and, <laughs> yeah. and it, if you pull back, he's probably got your oils on it. On he does a... have your oils. Now, speaking of oils, why? what is with the vulnerable, huggy, touchy, feely Black Widow? Yeah, she was she was a little out of character at this point. The, the, I don't know what they ever did with this character of Ivan, her chauffeur slash father figure. He was he was always with her at this in this era. And in fact, in Champions, he was kind of hanging around the whole time when she was on that team. But I don't know what they eventually did—if they killed him off, or if they just kind of wrote him out and retconned him or something. I don't know. But he was always kind of there, you know, as her bodyguard, which you know he couldn't take anybody that would beat her anyway. Yeah. Yeah, she was just dragging him around, so I guess that would make him Ivan Drago. Stop dragging my heart around. Ooh. But she she was really written in this series as kind of a you know a hormonal uh, you know teenager almost. Yeah, yeah, and very touchy. And I just don't, I don't know. And you know, goes and gives the hug to the chauffeur. And uh, I just I don't. That's not who I see as black. She's just tougher than that to me. Yeah, I, I think she's she's been developed better. More recently, I think they they did a really good job with her in the Marvel Universe movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at this point, she yeah, she she was not that formidable at this point. No oh, man, you know what was formidable? That Cajun sausage I had for dinner. Whew. Man, <laughs> <sighs> it's coming back with a vengeance. <laughs> good oh, to know. <laughs> good good to know. Much like Khan. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a good thing I'm mutant every now and then. Whew. Is uh is Foggy's phone wireless? Look when look when the Deathstalker is hanging it up. There's no cord from the head hand you know the the part that you speak into the the, the there actual... is there's a it cord can... on the base, but there's no cord on the actual phone. You're right. Yeah. And they show Let's see. I'm looking at all the attempts at uh, drawing Foggy's phone. There is no cord that I see. Even even when uh, Natasha called. Wait 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 wait. When Natasha calls. There may be a cord. I don't see a cord. There might nope. be a cord on panel two of that page where she calls. But you know what? The second to last panel, there is definitely no cord. The the middle panel. There is a cord where he's running to the phone where it says, Yeah, the it phone. looks like there's a phone. Yeah, it looks like there's one to the Look, to our right. The next panel shows him talking on the phone. And if if, if you if you were old well, enough obviously he picked it up upside down. If you were old <laughs> enough to remember when there were phones with cords on them, mm-hmm. the cord came out of the bottom of the phone where the mouthpiece is. Yes. They're showing that part of the phone very clearly in the shot and there is no cord coming out of it. 
Yes, because Natasha in her breathy pose in the next page has a cord coming down from the bottom. Yeah, she does have a cord on hers. Now, now talking about this issue a little bit more, I have never been and never will be a big fan of Bob Brown art. Not really my cup of tea. Just a little too pedestrian all around. There's never any real dynamism, dynamism, whatever the dynamism? word would be. Dynamism? Dynamite? Yes. Electra woman and dynamism. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like I, I, don't, I don't think the layouts are particularly compelling. The storytelling is okay. Uh, I don't think the individual renderings are really that good. Uh, and, and the shots that I would give more credit to, I'm probably giving the credit to, surprisingly enough, Vinnie Coletta for inking them a little well. Yes. Like, like the shots in the swamp when, when Daredevil's battling the Deathstalker. Mm-hmm. I think those are kind of moody, but I think the reason they're moody is a lot of the line work in it, and I'm thinking that's more the inking than it is the penciling. Surely. So I'm still not giving Bob Brown credit, even for the page that I would say is the best page of this story. <laughs> so for the cover, it's Gil Kane. I love Gil Kane. I don't think it's his best shot, but I think it tells a good it does a good job of giving you an idea of what to expect in the book, except for the fact that it doesn't show Deathstalker or the Gladiator at all in it. Uh... I'm thinking C plus on the cover. Story, wow. well, C being average. Yeah. C plus, it's slightly better than average because it's Gil Kane, but it's not Gil Kane's best. Okay. Uh, that's that's my take on it. The interior art, I think, is probably a step below average, so I'm going to say C minus because except for those moody swamp battling shots, I'm really not very crazy about any of the art in this book. And lastly, story-wise, I kind of like the story because I think it's pretty cool the way it sets up Deathstalker as a truly credible and kind of scary, almost horror movie-like villain. Uh, On the other hand, it makes Gladiator look like a little girl. So (laughs) I go back and forth on that. I'm going to give it a C on the story because if he had made Gladiator more threatening, then it would probably be a B. Uh, So overall, I'm giving the book a C. Ah. I, you know, I'm still intrigued by the phone. The first scene where they go to Foggy, he doesn't even look like he's holding the phone. It's just floating by his face. Matt calls him, and he just picks it up. And well, he doesn't. They don't show him pick it up. It's just you know what? what? I'm going to tell you. He is. It is floating by his face. He's tied up. Deathstalker is holding the phone. Oh, Deathstalker. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's t- towards the end of the book. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I was in the wrong place. Okay. I thought I was in the right place. I was in the wrong place. You're digging in the wrong place. (laughs) That's right. You're going the wrong way. (laughs) You're going to kill somebody. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Also, just the the artwork on Foggy's face is very inconsistent. He looks different from one shot to the next. Well, sometimes he looks rather handsome. And sometimes he looks rather old and not so handsome. Yeah. the, The last page of the book, he looks like Kirby drew him. Yeah, I guess they didn't have time to fill in the pattern on his smoking jacket on that last page. They just scribbled, 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 just scribbled. scribbled. <laughs> just... I like that pattern, though. That's pretty, uh, pretty hip, pretty chic. <laughs> Quick! Put some scribbles in here. Anybody got we a could... spirograph we can do this? He's also, just by the way, wearing red pants. See, I, I, I don't get that effect. Who, who wears red pants? Ever. With a smoking jacket? Of course you wear red pants. Is, is, does he have an ascot on? It appears that way. It could be. It is something yellow. He is quite the stylish son of a gun. At this point, I think he was the uh, district attorney in San Francisco. Mm. I'm pretty sure. How my, how the mighty have fallen. So what do you guys think? I got nothing to back that up. I'm just... (laughs) Well, 
I, I think your assessment's on. I I think the swamp stuff is is nice and moody, but I'm with you. I think that's a function of the inking, and I think he spent so much time with that he couldn't draw Foggy's jacket. Well, Vince Coletta is famous for taking shortcuts, and clearly he <laughs> did on Foggy's jacket. He clearly did there, and on the page where uh, uh, Swamp Thing drops the gladiator, he really just didn't feel like filling in Swamp Thing either. Yeah, let's just make it talk. Just make it black. That whole page, he just it just there's. If you look at the second panel on that page, yeah, just scribble until I'm can't really see a whole lot. <laughs> That's, I mean, Coletta was famous for that. There's, uh, I, I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? Didn't I mention Bill? There's a web page out there where they have pictures of yeah, where he's of Kirby's stuff out, yeah. Kirby's pencils, and then they compare them to, uh, you know, the inked versions by Coletta, and there's fine detail in there that he just erased or covered up. Mm. Wow. It's kind of scary well, when you think about it. I pretty it. much agree with your scores, except um, i got to give the cover, at least this particular cover, a B for the purple goatee on Daredevil and the Pew sticker next to uh, Man-Thing's foot. I don't think those were on every issue. Uh, I don't think so either, but for this one particular issue, I have to raise the grade just for those two items. Okay. It's good That's that we just... get such biting analysis from you. Hey, hey, I was sucked out through most of the book. <laughs> oh, but Deathstalker. Oh. Yeah, you, um, you, you, you were geeking out over him earlier. What, what's, what's your take on Deathstalker? Well, because the first time that I ever saw Deathstalker was pretty much, I believe, one of his last issues to where uh, I think it was beginning or just before the Frank Miller run or at the start to where he's fighting Daredevil in a graveyard and he fakes. I think his whole power was based on, on uh, phasing. Yeah, he, he he was uh, he basically had been exposed to a different dimension, and right. if my memory is right, he was able to phase in and out of that dimension. In fact, had to phase to that dimension periodically, or he would just fade from existence. I think, uh, well, and and his death power was based on gloves that he stole from AIM. Ah, well, there's there, there's the uh, the big like fight scene in a graveyard where. He's jumping and he phases and he phases uh, through a, 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 a tombstone and it, and, and it kills mm-hmm. him. And that, that's, that's where I remember this, this character from. And I, I always thought he was pretty cool. I mean, you, you got to love that hat and the, and the cloak. Oh, man. I, I thought he was a pretty, you know, formidable horror story type villain. And I, I almost would have preferred that his, his powers never got fully explained. Mm. It, it's almost like explaining them took away the fear factor that he created. Well, plus he's got that skeleton choker collar on uh, page, I'm not sure what page that is. It's where he's like touching um, Daredevil's shoulder and he's got that skull around his neck. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I, I like it. That's cool. I like that. That stuff is cool. <laughs> it's almost like we have Scott here. Look look at on the page that you just said, you know, that's the page in the swamp that I was saying I think is probably the best page of the book art-wise. Go to the next page, uh, fourth panel. I mean, I know they're trying to show Gladiator in, in, a, in a moment of weakness where he's scared and, and kind of being overwhelmed or whatever, but he looks like a small child. Don't hurt me. Yeah, I, I don't like that. Gladiator should be a huge hulking kind of guy. I think, you know, like... You know, in real life, if you saw him walking down the street in his civilian garb, you'd still think, oh, my God, that guy is huge, you know? Yeah. And and they, they make him look smallish, which I do not like. Was that guy from The Running Man? Oh, my God. Hmm. So, you guys got anything else on this? No. Nah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, then we'll put Daredevil to bed. 
in his smoking jacket. And moved, moved, with his cordless phone. <laughs> very early, 1974 cordless yeah. phone is very impressive. So yeah. move move on to our next book. What do you got, Bill? I've got, uh, you know what? How about Scott goes? I got to run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Ah, I got to do some brave in the bowl. Should, should he <laughs> brave in the bowl? <laughs> brave in the bowl, yeah. Should, should he do his uh, synopsis while you're uh, taking care of family business? <sighs> Who does number two work for? Yes, nothing like toilet humor. Yeah. I got no book, okay? I got, I got nothing. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. All right. <laughs> do you want him to? Do you want? Do you want us to wait for you for a moment while we do the stuff? No, no, so do you, you think you may be gone for an extended period? Much like, much like when Captain Kirk was fighting Gary Mitchell, the moment has passed. <laughs> All right. Kudos so, to anyone who you, gets that reference. Do you need to change? Or Twenty quatlos, whichever comes first. No, 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 no. That didn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Although I do need a new smoking jacket. <laughs> Yours looks too much like Foggy's. <laughs> stole my jacket. Klingon bastard, he stole my jacket. <laughs> All right. Why don't we get on to Scott's book? My book. Right. My book is uh, World's Finest Comics, number 301, March 1984, featuring Batman and Superman, sort of. Or starring Superman and Batman. Well, it says featuring Superman and Batman, but there's not a lot of Superman in this. Mine issue. says starring Superman and Batman. It does say that, but yet there's very little Superman. Is Despite that the Flash the fact, with a parachute, a parachute on the cover? Who is that? What is you that? know, I thought it was a Flash. Now, let me tell you, before I get started, you, you know what I do when I'm on Back to the Bins, right? You you go into your... Uh, I, go into I, the, I forgot your friend's name. Jack McDevitt. My McDevitt. award-winning author. Jack McDevitt. Jack McDevitt. So I did remember it once you started to say it. Yes. Oh, you go into Jack. the box of comics he gave you. You yes. grab one randomly, and we run with it. Yes. What did he write again? Wait a minute. I think I've read some of his stuff. Uh, Talent for War, uh, The Engines of God. Talent for War is – I think Talent for War ought to be taught in schools as great literature. Oh, I'm thinking Jack L. Chalker. But, uh, but, ah. no, but, I think I have, but I think I have read some of his stuff too. <laughs> Sorry. Stuff. Sure you have. No, no, really. I have, I think, maybe. Well, if not, I'll – All right. I'll, I can't I'll read – <laughs> what do you think I read comic books for? It's all the pictures. I just guess. I, I've never read Mr. McDevitt's books, but uh, I am willing to learn. Every American should. He didn't do like Earthfall, did he? Or, and like, I'm having lunch with him tomorrow, so he didn't do what? Wasn't there one like the moon was going to crash into the earth? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Oh, okay, all right. Then I then I guess I have read his stuff. I think all it's right. called Moonfall. Moonfall, I said Earthfall. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. I may have to pick up something. What, what's, what would you say is his greatest uh, book? I really think A Talent for War is, and A Talent for War spins off into a series with the main characters. So it's a good start, but yeah, I mean, it can be read by itself. They can all be read by themselves if you want to. But, I mean, I really just think, you know, with with, with uh, motif and, and uh, theme and all of that, I, I really think that book is literature. I mean, I really think it is just high art. I think it's a very good, enjoyable book. So, A Talent for War would be my recommendation. By Jack McDevitt. I just found it Jack. on Amazon. Yeah. $7.19 in paperback. Yeah. $6.83 in Kindle edition. Yeah. I may have to make a point of buying this and reading it. 
It's we'll a fine a, book. We'll expect a book report, Paul. All right. And then hopefully that will get him enough to pay for my lunch tomorrow because I think it's his turn to pay. So, Okay. Hey, man, I pimped your book. I just added it yeah. to my cart. So next yeah. time, what, what I will do is I will not order that by itself. But the next mm. time I buy something from Amazon, that will be in my cart and I'll, I will get it. Okay. Done deal. So that way you can, let Mr. you can let him know that you sold one of his books. I would like my 10% of his $6.39 book, if I could, please. All and right. then it'll show up and you'll go, what the heck is this? <laughs> All right. Cover image of World's Finest 301 features a giant, glowy-eyed Superman who, spoiler alert, you will never see once in this entire issue. He's pulling a King Kong and tracking down Batman and some bug-eyed guy in red who are on the ledge of a building. The guy does look like the Flash at a glance. I don't know. It looks like Superman had the Cajun sausage. (laughs) That Superman in that picture is never once in this issue. The picture almost looks like a split image, like it's not all one. Like like you would have for a, uh, you know, Tales to Astonish when you had the Hulk and uh, Submariner sharing a book. Well, you would say that, Mm -hmm. but yet they're staring him in the face. Yeah, and and you could see his fingers digging into the building that they're on. But at 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 first glance, glance, it looks like it's two separate images. Yeah, it's almost two different color palettes. Yes. I can say that on this one because I can see this one in color. Um, As opposed to Daredevil that you had to look at in the the black and white. Yeah. Glorious black and white. Well, I had to see it as Daredevil sees it. In radar image. Raised ink on the page. We open the book with Gotham City sits on the edge of winter, and the moonlit night is cold and clear. The bug-eyed guy from the cover is running away in a panic. In fact, he is so panicked, his thought balloons are out of sequence. (laughs) We find that he's running from him. Him has Superman's logo, but he looks just like Eternity from the Marvel comics. We jump to the title page, and the title page does something I really like in this issue. Uh, much like I quickly had to prepare a summary for this for Back to the Bins, this issue looks like it was thrown together quickly. So there are a lot of pages with either splash pages or two-page spreads or giant pictures in the middle of them, even though they're not quite splash pages. This one is a two-page spread. Superternity is bearing down on the Google guy, the goggle guy as the credits spill across the page. Rampage by Dan Mishkin and Gary Cohn. Which I think I think those guys wrote for uh, your show of shows, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah, I'm sure Sid Caesar was all over those guys. <laughs> Imogene Coca, woo! Mike Chin with the pencils, Ow. or as oh, they call oh, them. Oh, please no. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Chin with the pencils, or as they called them when I was in school, pencils. Pablo Marcos delivering the inks. Carl Gafford's the colorist. Phil Felix is the letterer. Roger Slifer is the editor. This is not the 1984 Eisner Awards winner's list. <laughs> Superternity bears down on the goggle guy who looks like a terrified daredevil. He pushes a button and disappears, reappearing on top of a building. Superternity flies off after him, but it turns out it wasn't him. It was a hologram. Unfortunately, Superternity has set the building on fire with his vision and the fire department must come out. Now, I want to caution the brave firefighters here because the building is, as we see on page five, the headquarters of the Acme Company. Which means there are going to be a lot of giant springs, rocket packs, portable holes, and Batman suits in there. And Wile E. Coyote is going to be waiting a long time for his order now. That's right. Yeah, they're going to be delayed shipping there. They have a fire sale. Save the witch! Those rocket skates will never get there. Yeah. The Cape Crusader is watching the scene through his batnoculars. He spots the goggle guy in the area, which leads to another splash page. 
Guy threatens Batman by telling him he nearly killed Superman, so he'd better watch out. But little does he know, that's the kind of talk that gets Batman excited. Bats wax him, and the guy turns on the hologram projector thinking he's going to fool Batman, but Bats goes, no, you were right here before, and you're still here. That guy over there is obviously a fake, and he clocks him. To quote Roger Murtaugh, some detective. (laughs) Bats is just about to grab Goggles and drag him in when Superternity shows up and is angry at Goggles. So angry, circles are radiating out from him. Batman says there are two choices. Answers are no teeth, basically. Goggles chooses teeth. Goggles, it seems, was working at Star Labs and developed a method of being able to drain Superman of his power and transfer it to himself. Unfortunately, there was a miscalculation and Supes turned into an angry energy field. Superman starts after Goggles, but tries to hold himself back. And here comes one of my favorite parts of the story. The part where we see just how little Batman thinks of Superman's intellect. He says, and I quote... I thought I might be able to reason. That's Batman, right? (laughs) I thought I might be able to reason with him. That's what he's attempting with himself. But the mental strain must be unbearable. Yes. Batman thinks it is an unbearable mental strain for Superman to reason with himself. (laughs) (laughs) Superman loses it and goes after Goggles. Whoa, 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 hold on. What? Batman was thinking that in his head. That's the voice he thinks with in his head. Of course. <laughs> He's got to stay in character at all times. Sure. But does it give him a headache? Well, it just makes his it makes it itch a little, yeah. Well, his throat doesn't hurt, but you know, yeah, I got He's got a brain I loss. Such a headache. I got to think normal. <laughs> I need a bat sprint. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh so Superman loses it. He goes after the goggle guy. Batman moves in to stop him because, and I quote, for the first time, oh, excuse me, for the first time in his life, Superman could kill. All out fanboy war in three, two, one. <laughs> so we were supposed to fight about the whole General Zod thing right now? Sure, yeah. For the yeah. first time in his life, Superman could kill. Bats rescues goggles by taking him into the sewer. Now Superman is after them both. The artist again decides to kill space by bordering the page where they're in the sewer with a giant drawing of a maze. Batman (laughs) analyzes Goggles' equipment. Hey. And finds that Goggles, who we're told is called Siphon. Man. uh, Which makes, huh? No wonder no shit can get out of Gotham City. Yeah. If that's the (laughs) sewer. Look at the maze. Yeah. He figures out that uh, Siphon's uh, device actually makes sense. It's actually brilliant. And that his device will work if Batman just tweaks it a little, which makes you wonder what advancements Batman has been giving to the world. He's been keeping his brilliance to himself, apparently. They lure Superman to the cave, where Bats whips out some green kryptonite, and then Siphon uses the device to finish draining Superman's powers. He then takes over Superman's powers, slaps Batman aside. Superman tries to engage him in a rousing bout of fisticuffsmanship. He tosses the man of tomorrow aside like so much ragdoll. When Superman gets an idea, he begins to whisper it to Batman that he has an idea, at which point Siphon points out that he has all of Superman's powers and decides to use a super hearing, which promptly drives him nuts. Superman says, I remember when I first discovered my super hearing. It took every ounce of will to turn it off and still retain my sanity. And fanboy war two in three, two, one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not fighting over this. They reverse the siphon device. It recharges Superman, making his arms briefly five times too large, and his sleeves have suddenly <laughs> melted into his arms. Siphon is unconscious. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Superman. Siphon is unconscious. 
and Superman's back to normal, and this sets up this classic exchange. So much for his dreams of absolute power. That old chum is something I've never wanted. <laughs> and that's where they freeze frame and go to the credits. I was thinking more along the lines of what what's uh do 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 Oh that 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 picture of Superman just above that maybe it it would be on the list of the worst comic book images ever. That is absolutely horrible. And look how his, his, his right bicep is sagging. <laughs> Even the word balloons are, like, just punctuated. Ah, that's more like it. Well, really? Wow. Um, there is a lot of Julie Schwartz to this issue, even though there's no Julie Schwartz involved in it. There is a startling cover that bears only the most tangential relationship to the contents of the story. There's a goofy change in Superman's powers due to an accident. And there's kryptonite. Also, though, because it's so silly, it almost it, it really plays like an episode of the Batman TV series with Superman as the guest star. Yeah, Superman is, like you said, hardly in it at all. Yeah, but I mean, he does. I mean, that's Eternity existed by then. Did, what did they think they were trying to pull by making Superman look like Eternity with a Superman shield? They were being lazy. <laughs> if this was the Batman show, who who is playing the role of Siphon? Paul Williams? <laughs> Paul Lind. <laughs> Paul Lind. <laughs> You know, in, in some ways, it's surprising that Paul Lynn never played a Batman villain. Yeah. You would think he'd fit right in. Yes. Well, he couldn't get out of the center square, I guess. The way the way Siphon is drawn, uh, he well, he could have been played by Harvey Corman because he's got the great gazoo's head. <laughs> <laughs> Super dumb dumb. Well, they've got a, <laughs> they've got a shot of him that's like a, like a Peter Parker shot where he's half him and half Siphon, don't they? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah when, when he went in the flashback, oh, how, he, uh, yeah. how he got his power. You look at the flashback. Siphon, and siphon no more. He's John Denver in the flashback. <laughs> <laughs> that's who would have to play. Mountain high. That's the old thing, you know, after that golf tournament in California, and they asked if uh, John Denver was going to take a shower after playing, and he said, no, I'll just wash up on the shore. Ooh. So, <laughs> too soon? It's, it can't possibly be too soon. <laughs> Well, I don't know. At the Academy Awards, it was too soon to make a Lincoln joke last year. So, <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's, apparently it's, it could be too soon for anything. So I guess I guess Joan Rivers jokes are out. All right, let me crash. No, I, not not with us. Uh, not too soon for us. Just uh, no. I got a buddy who's a radio comedian who was so proud of his Joan Rivers jokes. He sent them to me like the day after she died. And the truth is, honestly, when I listened to him, I said, you know, she would have wanted that. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not what you know. She did that all the time. Yeah. It's she true. got it. Her daughter, the one who she does all those shows with. Yeah. Bitch on wheels. Total, wow. Total piece of shit. Ah. Well, I mean, pretty much she has, her career is coattail riding. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Much like uh, me with Dr. Bill. Yeah. The exact what? same thing. Dr. Bill's got some big coattails. Yep. I'm riding along. I'm just having him drag me through with his, with his comic genius. And you're heavy, too. Well, I don't think it's his comic genius so much as it's his... Skill in sausage comics in, in a short and yet pithy way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now I think you just make it fun of me. <laughs> Whatever. And, and, and intelligence, let me <laughs> tell you. <sighs> yeah, but I'll bet you this if he had to reason with himself, it wouldn't be a tremendous, unbearable strain on his mind. 
Like, apparently it is with Superman. Well, yeah, Batman, like you say, he apparently doesn't have a lot of respect for Batman Superman's cognitive ability. <laughs> he thinks nothing. And then at the end, Superman, oh, thanks, old chum. He has no idea what Batman thinks of this guy. Wait, I can see man. Batman now. No problem, dick. Batman's like... <laughs> yeah. Now, uh... It's and, just and a couple of you. shots here. What's what's okay. going on here? Like, what's the fireman doing yelling into the phone while the fire is raging behind him? There's just not enough. There's just not enough firemen. Wear, wearing the old person I just had cataract surgery glasses. <laughs> well, you see what happened was he got Foggy Nelson's phone from the last one, and it's not hooked up to anything. And he's like, God damn it, I can't reach anybody. Now, and, see, they've colored him as a black guy, but I think actually he's been in the fire, and that soot. And that's why he's got the goggles on. He's calling for backup. You think that's, like, you really think that's the explanation? Or are you just stretching it here? I'm just trying to make it. Okay. I'm trying to make it happen. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I give you an A for effort. <laughs> what's what's up? Uh, I'll give you another one to explain to me. Uh, the same page mm-hmm. uh, in that, that row of four below it, the second one. What's up with Batman's costume there? <laughs> What's he, he's he's got kind of like sa- saggy boobies on his costume. What's, what, what is that? What that is? Like his I'm cape not sure. flopped it, over the front. I don't know. It was supposed to. Maybe he's got his cowl thrown back. I don't know. It's it's points though. Yes. I don't know. Maybe he's wearing. You know what it is? Okay, I got this. I got this. Batman I, somehow was at I a, don't think you do. He <laughs> of little faith. Batman was at a Renaissance fair earlier that day, <laughs> with his Renaissance fair bat suit on. And he was on his way back, and he saw the fire, and he whipped out his batnoculars, which are in a special pouch in his cowl, that when he unfolds it to take the batnoculars out, it drops down over his chest like that. I was going to say that it was a part of a special pouch attached to the batnoculars and not a part of the cowl. And since it's up to his face, which is why it's hanging down. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not accepting either explanation. <laughs> Uh, I I'm, 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 I'm taking away points on the artwork for for their end, the the what what they're doing here because I I don't know what, well, what it is. Also, please observe the rest of Batman. His his abdomen stops at a weird place. His chest starts at another weird place, and his face seems to have disappeared underneath the binoculars. And he's got a pointy little sternum. And he's got a pointy little sternum right there. <laughs> I have no idea what that illustration is. I don't know who's to blame for that one. Uh, I'm thinking there's enough blame to, blame to go around on that one. I'm blaming I'm blaming artist and inker. The, art, the artist for drawing it and the inker for not fixing it. Yeah. Now the uh, and they had already done this, but the fourth panel on that same page is almost the that Marvel two in one cover. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. It's almost it's exactly the, the same thing. When Except this time, it really is Batman. Batman. Yes. And and well, it's not quite the thing there. Now this, no. I think that issue would have been earlier than this. So yeah, it may actually been. be an homage. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping because yeah, that should have been eighty or eighty one, I think, because uh, the thing series started in eighty two, and it was a later episode or later issue of two and one. It may have been even late seventies. Yeah, I so think I'm so. hoping that that's what that is because it's almost, I mean, almost word for word, and it's against the brick wall and it's the bat silhouette, but then it actually is Batman. It would have been better off if it was the Sphinx. <laughs> so, why don't you give me your rankings on this one? Uh, my rankings on this one, uh, I will tell you this. I actually had a lot of fun reading it because it was a quick read. Because, again, I really got the feel. Did you, uh, did, how did you feel about my assessment that this thing looked like it was done in a big hurry? 
it was either done. I, I would either agree with that or just done with disregard. <laughs> eh, just throw something together, you know, eh, whatever. The, the people who buy this thing are suckers. Just whatever you can put together is fine. So I'm going to say art-wise, based on Batman's pointy cowl and that one specific frame only, and his pointy sternum to go with his pointy cowl, and the bizarre arms on Batman, I got to go with a D on the art. Because it's there are just places where it doesn't make any sense. Uh, story wise, I'm going to go with a C minus because it was fun. I mean, it was it was cheap and cheesy and easy, but it was fun. Uh, so I go with C minus on the story, the the art inside, and the cover. Cover is probably a solid C plus. It's probably the best thing about it, and uh, it's it's Bob Hannigan and Klaus Janson. So Klaus, of course, it's yeah, Klaus. So obviously that one's uh, the the cover's the best thing about the issue, much like a Julie Schwartz issue. <laughs> what do you think, Bill? Uh, I, I I agree with that assessment. That's that's I like the cover is the best out of it. Uh, it would have been nice to have seen that giant Superman. Yep, <laughs> but we did. Yes. Uh, yeah, the story is is fun, crazy. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of goofy things in the art. I don't know if I'd give it a. Uh, did you give it a D? I gave it a D. Well, you know what? Yeah, that one picture alone uh, with if, the if yeah. C is average. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, never mind. Yeah, yeah. D. Monkey, monkey armed Superman, or as we call Stretched, him, Coco. Stretch armed <laughs> Superman. You know, that's what that looks like. Stretch his arms out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with your assessment on this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm. In agreement with both of you on the cover, I'm going to go with C plus on it, and it would probably be a B minus, except for the fact that it's not true to the story inside. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking that's an editorial thing that they said, hey, you know, uh, you, you got to be able to tell it's Superman on the cover. You can't have him be yeah. Eternity Superman, uh, but that really doesn't explain why he's giant. No, well, I think what they pitched the concept to to Hannigan and Jansen, who obviously didn't do the art on the outside, and they probably did it while the issue was being worked on. That's very so, possible. So they they had no idea. Oh, sure, okay, we got it. Superman's uh, glowing, and yeah, we got it. We got it. We're good. I like the way Batman looks on the cover. He almost he mm-hmm. reminds me of the John Byrne uh, Untold Secrets of the Batman. Well, Jansen's got a Jansen's ink. What I would think would be very complimentary of Batman style. Period. Well, you know. the Jansen's ink is usually very dark. Yeah. And the way he draws Batman here is, it's actually a very lit Batman. Like, there's not a yeah. lot of shadow to it at all. But I, yeah. just, I just like the clean line work on it. Oh, uh, you got, I mean, Jansen did uh, Dark Knight, right? Yeah, with, with uh, Miller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's, I mean, you know, obviously he's a fit for Batman, and he does. He makes Batman look good here. Yeah, he definitely does. So I like the cover. Like I said, I'll, I'll go with you on a C plus. It would be a B minus, except for the lack of... Uh, actual connection to the story uh the story itself uh would make bob haney proud so i'm i'm actually i'm i'm going to give that a b minus wow because, because it's 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 stupid but it's stupid fun and i like stupid fun so yeah. I'm, I'm i'm bumping it up you know c is average i'm saying it's more fun than an average book uh it is a one and done and it's totally meaningless in the grand scheme of comic book continuity and history but so what it's just fun and it, you know, you pick up a book, you want to have fun reading it, and I'm good with that. Yep. Uh, the artwork, I'm giving a D minus, uh, or maybe I should give it an F plus. 
I'm not sure. I think it it does a piss poor job of storytelling. If you didn't read what was in the story, you'd have no idea what the hell is going on in any of this book. Mm. There's several one several shots that we pointed out that are just really really bad. Uh, as you pointed out, he he seems to go out of his way to put splash pages in there, not for dramatic effect, not for storytelling purposes, but just kind of to move the story along quicker uh, without having to to do any actual. Uh, linear storytelling in his, in his artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the scene where Batman is confronting him, he looks like he could be in a keep-on-trucking ad. Uh, <laughs> he, it, it's uh, the giant head on him. I mean, there's just so many things about it that, uh, that are bad, culminating in the giant-armed, stupid-looking Superman that may be the single worst <laughs> single panel that I've ever seen in a comic book. <laughs> So you know what? I'm I'm going with F plus. I'm not I'm, D, D minus is, is is not strong enough. I'm going F plus. It and the the reason it's an F. It fails because of the reasons I just said. But there are a couple of images that look pretty decent. So that's what gets it the plus. It's like almost almost a D minus, but not quite there. Okay. You know, and, and the funny thing is that Superman picture just won't go away. Yeah, what you can you can't unsee it. I, yeah, I keep going back to it. It's just. And it's not just the arm size and the floppy biceps, but then again, where is the end of his sleeve? I mean, the yeah. coloring shows you an end of the sleeve, but he doesn't draw an end of the sleeve. It's almost as if he drew Superman nude with a shield on his chest, and they had to color it to fix it. His <laughs> hands are his hands are bigger than his head. You know, you I know, mean, yeah, they're closer <laughs> to the to the viewer, but still, my God. Do you do you remember in the uh, uh, about issue? Forty-four or so of the Fantastic Four, the uh, they were recording an explosion and they lost their superpowers. So Reed created like mechanical things to let them kind of duplicate their powers, so they, mm, yeah. their villains mm. couldn't come after them. So Reed had these like mechanical stretchy arms, and that's what that picture reminds me of. <laughs> like Superman's got these mechanical stretchy arms. You know, it kind of reminds me of the first alien that makes it out of the mothership in Close Encounters. Uh, and this there's so much wasted space here so many like like giant images that just don't need to be giant you know exactly yeah it reminds me of in one of the freddy krueger movies where he stretches his arms out like and it it encompasses the whole width of the street of like the Mm -hmm. alley he's walking through yeah what's Mm -hmm. up with the uh the shot of the brain damaged dog Damaged dog. <laughs> He's hearing the brain damaged dog. That's you know the, <laughs> the the dog with his tongue hanging out at the side, like somebody hit him really, really hard in the head. And somewhere on the planet, there's a nuclear explosion going off. Um, yes, in the yes. background. That's the bikini atoll. You didn't know that was uh, that was happening about the same time near a near a jumbo jet, actually. Yes. And then there's the guy with the must the uh, mustache chatting up the uh, secretary with the turtleneck. That's Stanley. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a Stanley mustache. Yes. And then and there's, there's a boom a, box. But that really is legit. a Stanley mustache. You're so it right is. about that. <laughs> then there's and the, the boom box, but it's not legit because it's not on anybody's shoulder. And we have a not Foggy Nelson phone there because it has a cord on it. <laughs> I don't even worse. Oh, I see the phone. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's above the brain damage dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a happy dog. He's got his tongue out, yeah. you know. That's the best know? drug in the whole damn book, Paul. Stop it. <laughs> Dog's been outside too long. You need yeah. some water. <laughs> I do like the faucet that is uh, dripping liquid silver as well. I think that is 
an excellent touch. Apparently, Superman decided to use the super hearing trick on him at exactly six o'clock on the dot. <laughs> hey, it had to be six o'clock somewhere in the world. What's what is it that's oh, breaking it's... in between his legs? I don't know. Is that a plate? Is that a pie uh, plate? I don't know. I think it may be a plate. I think you're right. It's a plate with two oblong sides to it. Yes, it is. Because when you put it together, it will not be round. It's a no. platter. Yes, more of a platter than a plate. More of a stain that, than a globule, really. That drawing, who's, what, uh, the face of Superman in the picture below there, that doesn't <laughs> even looks, look like Superman. He looks, looks kind of disinterested. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, if he didn't have the, the, the curl, he wouldn't even look like Superman. No. Batman looks like he's constipated. Mm. Well, Are we done yet? Oh, that's true. Do I have to take another half a point off the sort? <laughs> yeah, I think you do. And they, you know, they, and then they he decides to just draw a bunch of streaks to fill up the rest of the page. Again, there is a there is a certain laziness. Those are sound waves. Yeah, there are a bunch of streaks that fill up the page, <laughs> and that's about it. I do like, though, on the page before that where Superman is getting ready to whisper to Batman how oh. he's got a smile on his face as if, <laughs> get ready for this. I'll work for you. <laughs> I mean, they, they should have added, since since the sound effects were so original in this one, they should have added, a, with Kablooey <laughs> at the end, um, they should have added a snicker to that frame, that panel. Now, why couldn't they have done something like, you know, all right, when I tell you to, you need to slip a bat fart out because <laughs> the sense of smell will make him throw up uncontrollably. See, that, he won't be able to control himself. That's a better story. Because I just had some Cajun sausage, some Cajun bat sausage. <laughs> and and what was the thought of the maze? I mean, I know that the concept is they're going through the maze of the sewers, but hey, nobody's sewer system looks like that. Well, Gotham City's really old. <laughs> It's so, not an Egyptian tomb, though. And he took him to the Bat Cave too. Yeah. Why? Well, he took him through the oh, sewer. Oh, the hide. Stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm. Plus, they were luring Superman because he had kryptonite there. Mm, yeah. And he had his flashlight with him too. And why? When? Okay, you want to chop down the art? Okay, so the big effect when he drains his his uh, uh, strength is that I'm just going to not fully draw him. Draw him. Yes. I'm just going <laughs> to. Yes. <sighs> have we gotten to F yet, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we have. I, I, at one point, I was ready to give it a D minus, <laughs> but but you, you, you've convinced grade. you've convinced me it's it's an F. Now you guys, what I think you guys gave it a, a plain old D. Yeah, well, yeah, I gave it a D. Yeah, we're, we're are, you, are you are you revising yours? That. Yeah. No, you know why? Like the two page splash that has the title page. That's got well, some good looking yeah. line work in it. Yeah. You know, I can't. I can't take away that. That's a pretty good little page or a Except couple it's of pages. Scared it's a waste. It I'm is. Give, I'm giving credit to anything good in this book. I'm giving credit to Pablo Marcos, and anything yeah. bad, I'm taking away from Mike Chen. So I'm sticking with my F. Okay. <laughs> I, I, oh, and I, well, I just what happened in that page? By the way, what, what's up? Superman suddenly has someone else's hair, and it's huge, like Medusa's hair, on the page? title page. Well, that's his cape. Yeah. It, doesn't look like his cape. It doesn't look like his, his cape. It's his cape it's that's cape. coming out of his head. It's, yeah, it's just to say it's not coming from where. Well, his cape I mean, the cape from. is kind of small. If it's his cape, yeah, yeah, it is. And but, please yeah. examine the right bicep while you're at it. Do you, you know what? You know what I find amusing is on the uh, on the title page. 
that you just said you like the title page and you're ripping it a new one. <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't say I like. No, it. no, no. Scott Scott. <laughs> well, I'm slowly uh, turning on the title page. <laughs> on on the title page on the box, the the uh, crate that's was... there. It actually says, "Note: the events in this story precede those in World's Finest 296 to 300." Roger. Yes. So Roger was very worried about how this fit into the <laughs> overall continuity of the DC universe. Well, at least somebody cared. <laughs> Really? Really, Roger? <laughs> Seriously, do you think anybody cares? Do you think what, like, when they were writing Crisis, they had to figure out, okay, how are we going to work in this siphon story? <laughs> the art in the Garcia fishing rod ad is better than in a book. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> exactly. The Million Dollar Christmas Rebate Spectacular. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a kind of Ross Andrew looking Spider Man. I'm okay with that. Well, I, I love Ross Andrew Spider Man, so I'm not. I'm, the I, Frogger I, ad is better. The fro- <laughs> Actually, my favorite part of this is all the video game ads. Yeah, we got the Parker that's Brothers. The best thing, and and I wonder. Well, I guess they still would do the cross promoting characters, but just kind of goofy. I mean, we have issues with other personalities doing commercials on our station, so. This this is this is like a disguised really bad book. <laughs> like you you pick it up and you're thinking, all right, you know, it looks okay. This isn't so bad. The artwork looks a little clean. The style isn't bad, and yet this is and terrible. Then... But but the story wise, it is a fun story. It's stupid, but it's fun. It is totally stupid, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah. It it's like peeling back a rotted onion. Ah, oh, what the hell? Oh my god, what the heck is in here? Oh, and. But also, when else, though, are you ever going to get a book that says, use the ter- phrase, old chum? Oh, I think you it's just here, Adam, Adam West. But I of think course, if, yes, you, say, if you go into 60s Batman books, you'll yeah. find it. <laughs> <laughs> old chum. Oh, wait, but so never mind. That's that's Superman saying it. Yeah. So, you know. yeah. so much for his dreams of absolute power. That old chum is something I've never wanted. And that's where, they, again, like I said, they laugh and go to the freeze frame. At least that shot looks like Superman. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's just because they're not drawing his arms in the picture. In the pa- the page before when, uh, when yeah, Simon, because, Simon... It, because unfortunately his arms are down on the ground right now, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the dra- dragging behind him. <laughs> the, the the page before that where they show Siphon kind of screaming, he's got a tiny little nose. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. What's up with that? Uh, and it fits under his visor all of a sudden too. Well, that's because this, he uh, his nose retracted because of the sense of smell was kicking in. It's it's under his visor, and his visor is completely not shaped like it was two panels before. So, uh, yeah. Superpowers? <laughs> <sighs> I, I appreciate you picking a truly bad book. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it was all random, I swear. But it's no March Hare. No, it's no March Hare. Now, of the, of the three books that you guys did, mm-hmm. would you consider March Hare to be the worst of the three? March Hare was awful. Because you did, you did was... what, the Super Friends and yeah. the, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but the one Hello? with the... Join in, uh, join in, jump in on us, Scott. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you guys doing? All right, we're just wrapping up our books. Scott may have picked a book worse than the ones we did... Uh... <laughs> He may have found the book worse than F Troop. Oh, no. What did he bring? It's a world's finest issue, but it's shockingly bad. <laughs> it's, it's really more for the artwork that we're complaining about than the... Uh, yeah. Than, than was, the... It Dick, 
Dick Dillon? No. No. I, I actually kind of like Dick Dillon. Oh, I'll 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 bring out I'll whip out one of the showcase presents uh where Dick Dillon's doing Justice League and I will put you off of Dick Dillon for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just you'd point me to the issue cuz I'm curious to see it. I'm sure I'm sure you can show me some bad ones, but as a, on a whole on a whole uh, I kind of like him. This is Mike Chen who I'm not really very familiar with. Mm-mm. And Mike I, Chad and there's Chen. a reason C H E N What's the book? Uh, World's Finest 301. 301. Oh, yeah, that's that's towards the end of the life of, of World's Finest when DC just didn't give a rat's ass about it anymore because they knew it was going away. Yeah, I think, anyway. I could be wrong, but I think that is right, isn't it? Because didn't the series end at like 323 or something like that? Uh, I couldn't tell you what issue it ended at, but it definitely was in its tail end now. We're, we're in... Uh... 1984, and I'm pretty sure World's Finest did not exist past Crisis. It could have ended an issue sooner than this. (laughs) (laughs) No one one would have been any the worse for it. No. (laughs) What did you bring, Paul? Uh, Daredevil 114. 114. Oh, okay. Guy's got some books I am totally unfamiliar with, and I do believe. All right, so so we don't have to worry about when we post this one, you getting all upset that we picked books just to screw with you huh no but i tell you what i am upset about well actually this this makes it better that you called me in it's like why do you only have guests when i'm not there it, it really creates this impression like like i'm not a friendly guy like like i don't want to hang out with you know scott rifen and jim deets and you know the the comic geek speak guys and all these awesome guests that you've had it's you not know, so much that you don't want to hang out with them <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. I'm now, just yeah, well, a little you can, slow actually, on the uptake. I mean, totally honest with you, the the reason it happens is because when I know you're not going to come for a show, or Bill can't come for a show, I start inviting other people to come. If I think you're both going to come there, I usually just don't invite extra people. I see how it is. Yeah, so we got four people on here tonight. Suddenly. But, oh, uh, hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. I didn't know you were there. I thought it was. I thought it was just <laughs> Paul and Scott. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, Bill, tell them what book you brought. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, not again. I'm on the road. Give me a break. You you have read the show Bible, right? You understand (laughs) what the concept of the show is supposed to be, correct? Because I can send you another copy if you like. I never got the first one. (laughs) Oh, man. It's obvious, too. to tune in next week for another exciting story from the files of Police Squad. Next time on an all-new episode of Back to the Bins. I will be bringing Superman Batman number one, which is kind of a follow-up to World's Finest 301. What do you got, Scott? Or are you still surprising me? I am bringing, uh, it is the Incredible Hulk, I want to say 167. Somebody's going to have to look this up real quick. Um, but it's the one where the Hulk is being stomped by giant bulbous headed freak uh, Modoc with his robot body on the cover of it. I haven't read that mm. in a long time. I will have it read by tomorrow, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it. That's yeah, my, I, that's my advanced preview. Before.
Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks podcast group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Take a moment to stop by and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. I'm a little gassy, but I'll just mute myself.